The hand size heard round the world. Kenny Pickett, can he even grip an NFL football? Other key measurements for quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends that started on-field workouts. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We've got combine measurements starting to happen now. Some players run in 40s. It's actually happening as Matt and I are recording this podcast. Matt Williamson and Brian Peacock with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get going and talk about some of the things that I want to get into today, which is what are the important measurements for some of these position groups I think the the really important measurements might be surprising to a lot of people Matt and just before we get into that though and look at some hand sizes and some quarterback measurements and wide receiver measurements and they're running now so we're not gonna have 40 times for all these guys on today's pod we'll we'll recap everything as we go throughout uh, the week and then into next week as well but Matt, anything else you're hearing? Any breaking news you're hearing there in Indianapolis? Have the birdies stopped chirping because guys are starting to get measured and working out today? I think that is the case a little bit. And I'm sure I'll hear more at the bars tonight and all that good stuff as well. But I have not heard a lot of scuttlebutt, not a lot of rumors, not a lot of old ladies are in the sewing circles, you know, spreading rumors and whatnot. And I do think a lot of it's because the the drills are up and running you know i mean we're recording this five eastern give or take and you know the the drills are just starting to come in they're running 40s as we speak as you mentioned groups are doing verticals and you know all those type of things so there's not a lot to totally dig into but boy it's happening quick as we speak which is exciting and we got all the heights and weights of these two position groups as well which are three position groups tight ends as well so you know that's something to go off of it's you know so Things are happening, but not quite as quick as I anticipated, considering <laughs> I got here Monday night. It's a slow bird with the combine. Every bit, year it yeah. happens this way. Nothing really gets going until the weekend, and you have all the lead-up all week long. You're ready for the combine, and nothing's going on yet. But um, we will talk measurements, I think, which is really important for a certain amount of prospects. We previewed that a little bit yesterday with the, with a couple of guys that we think had the most or uh, most to gain or lose today just by showing up and getting measured and finding out exactly how big they are. We'll talk about hand size and some of those things, and I can't wait to, to hear what someone, uh, you know, maybe if you get some anonymous scouts that you meet at the bar later and they get a couple of martinis into them, and I wonder uh, really how big of a deal that hand size is for Kenny Pickett. We'll get into that in a little bit, but I want to talk first just about what are what is important? What's important with these measurements and these workouts with these prospects? Because I have a feeling that some listeners might be surprised that maybe the drills that matter most are things like a 40-yard dash for an offensive lineman more than a wide receiver. And and maybe uh, some of the some of the lifting numbers could matter more for the skinny guys than they do for the big guys, and really just the the opposite of what you would expect in some cases. Yeah, oh, 100 percent. I mean, I, I wrote a couple articles in yesteryears about you know some of the ones you wouldn't expect, you know, or uh, there's many people, for example, that think the 40 yard dash for wide receivers is the most overrated aspect of the analysis, you <laughs> yeah. know, and you know, even early on, I think a lot of people have caught onto this by now, but running back 40s really don't correlate to success necessarily. And there are some 
I don't say obscure drills, but there's different ways of looking at these things with the numbers for some positions that you might not have thought of. So I think this is a good conversation as we're, as we're waiting for more results to come rolling in. I would argue, Matt, that the position group that the 40-yard dash matters the most with is offensive linemen, oddly enough. Mm. And a, a, group of, a position group of players that really will never run 40s 40 yards in a straight line in a football game and have it in their life. But it's such a good measurement of how athletic these 300 pounders are. And when you look at the correlation of guys that run really well, and, and even if you split it up into, um, you know, 10 yard splits or some of the other agility drills as well, that's where you really, cause all these guys are big and strong, uh, where you really get some separation is how athletically gifted some of these guys are. And when you talk about Teron Armstead in 2013 and Lane Johnson in 2013 running 471, 472 at 300 pounds, that's some freaky stuff. That's as freaky as John Ross going 422. Yeah, 100%. You know, like nobody thinks about the big men 40s being just as freaky as the little guys setting records. You know, and I know we're talking O linemen, but like J.J. Watt's workout numbers are unbelievable, mm-hmm. you know, for a 290-pound, 6'6", you know, man from Wisconsin. Um, and you're right. I mean, the, more and more, the athletes on offensive line must keep up with the athletes on the defensive line. And, and as a whole, they'll always be at a disadvantage there. But, you know, screens, getting downfield, um, obviously to run a good 40 – you probably have to have a good 10-yard split, mm-hmm. which that makes a lot of sense. Getting off the ball, coming out of your stance low, you know, with pad level, that correlates to a 40 time. I'm not a track expert, but m- people that know a lot about running track will tell you the start is the most important. Well, maybe an offensive lineman start on game day coming out of his snap, uh, coming off the ball, especially in the run game, or really in the run game, is the most important aspect of that as well. Shout out to our colleague Marcus Mosher, who does the uh, Dynasty Pod as well as hosting Locked On Cowboys, and he provided us the fastest forty times for offensive linemen since the year two thousand at the combine, and it's pretty telling. I'm going to name some of the names here. Here's the first five names on the list: the five fastest forty times for offensive linemen since two thousand: Teron Armstead, Lane Johnson, Bruce Campbell, Joe Staley. And Trent Williams. Four out of the five, we're talking about Pro Bowl players, maybe a Hall of Famer in there, right? Uh, yeah. And those are four, eight, one, and faster for those four guys. And then there's Bruce Campbell in there, who was you know physically raw, and you know he was a, he was sort of a freaky guy, but didn't he turn was out. A Tarzan to plays be, like James, right? Guy, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think he was maybe a short armed guy for a tackle, even though he's really athletic. Uh, His film correctly. wasn't particularly good, and yeah. he wasn't. A super and he actually got overdrafted right. because of the workout numbers. Right, I think, right, in a lot right. Of ways. Good point. But the other four guys, Teron Armstead, Lane Johnson, Joe Staley, Trent Williams, I mean, it correlates. And you look down the list is, you know, the top 20 or 30 so 40 times. Guys like Richie Incognito are, are in there, which is somewhat surprising. Mm-hmm. 484. A couple years ago, everybody knows how freakish Tristan Wirfs was. Ran a 485 in the 40 yard dash. Taylor Luan, 487. Brian O'Neill's in there, 482. Uh, Jason Kelsey. There's late round picks that are in this group too, which is surprising. You know, Jason Kelsey was a 489 guy. Eric McCoy, Kyle Long. Uh, Joel Batonio, Evan Mathis, Joe Thomas. How many misses in that group? Back of the day, right? Uh, and there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there are also some misses here on the list, but um, it's just it's, it's it's crazy how much more forty times correlate to good offensive linemen than it does to good players at other positions. Just to just to 
drive that home a little bit. Here are just the overall fastest 40 times, and there's no offensive lineman on this list. This is the sure. fastest 40 times of the combine. Number one, John Ross in 2017 ran 4-2-2. Number two, this goes back to 99. Rondell Menendez, who was a, a thing I've never heard of in my name. life until I looked this up. He ran a 4-2-4 apparently in 1999. Rondell Menendez. And okay. at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, if you can tell us what college he went to, because I've never heard of that guy in my life. Did uh, you say you thought he was a murderer up until now? <laughs> He's one of the, he he yeah. might be the third with Menendez his, brother. With his brother, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Chris Johnson, 4-2-4, which was the previous record before John Ross. Uh, Jerome Mathis in 2005 ran 4-2-6. Dre Archer, 4-2-6 in 2014. Stanford Route, Marquise Goodwin, Henry Ruggs, Champ Bailey, 4-2-8 in 1999. Uh, Jacoby Ford, Demarcus Van Dyke ran a 4-2-8 in 2011. J.J. Nelson, 4-2-8. Jalen Myrick, 4-2-8. And Zedrick Woods, 4-2-9 in, in 2019. Wow. There's two good There's players like, on that entire list. There's two good players, Chris Johnson and Champ Bailey. It's That's pretty amazing. Incredible. And there's a couple of guys and, that had somewhat of careers, and we'll never know right. maybe what Henry Ruggs was going to be. Um, but it's pretty remarkable that the fastest 40 times for wide receivers and corners doesn't really correlate at all to good football players, whereas it really does when you look at athletic testing for offensive linemen. Right. A couple things there. First of all, uh, and I didn't remember all those names on the list, including Mr. Menendez. My apologies. But I do know some of them are also very small people. You know, Dre yes. Archer was like 155 pounds. You know, even like Tutu Atwell didn't make that list, but he was 155 last yeah. year. J.J. I mean, Nelson, uh, he right. was yeah, 428 in 2015. He was, you know, 160 pounds maybe, something like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of little, little people on there that if they get hit by one of these big, big people are not going to be on the field very long. So I think that's a bit of a trend. They're certainly – you know, Goodwin had a, a decent year or a decent career, mm -hmm. but he's a track guy turned football player. Right. And I'm sure there's another example or two on that list. But I, I think it's funny that how, we've all heard offensive linemen or people describing offensive linemen going, well, when's an offensive lineman ever going to run 40 yards in a straight line anyways? Who cares? Well, Receivers and defensive backs don't run in straight lines either. Not that <laughs> you know often, I mean? no, which is why for those, the fast guys, you almost the most important athletic testing numbers there are how quickly they change directions. Without question, yeah. without question. Um, I, I don't know if you were planning on ch chatting about this at all either, but since you brought up Lyman, I, the, the one finding I dug up and I, you know, I've heard people talk about is the short shuttle is extremely indicative of future success for interior offensive linemen and just think about it like if i center guard double team and then i gotta go hit a safety or a linebacker that's not standing still and in all this space i have to learn to change directions and move my big body in a different way or change direction you know in a way almost like running a route you know i mean the being able to recover when you're beaten by Aaron Donald to your left, and then you got to recover back, and you know, so change of direction is a lot more important for us, particularly interior, but all offensive line. And the shuttle shows that, and the ability to run a good shuttle, you have to keep your your pad level low, or you're going to have a terrible time. So it's funny to me that people will look at offensive linemen and. Trust me, 20 years ago, I thought the same thing and thought, boy, I, I care so much more about the bench than I do the short shuttle or 40. Well, you're crazy. 
Right. And if you look at bench numbers, the guys that have the records there weren't good football players really either. No, they're a bunch of short arm guards that have the, the big wide barrel yeah. chest and don't have to, you know, move move the bar very far and they do it many, many times. But they got these short little arms that the the Forrest Buckners of the world get inside of them and just press them away from them and toss them to the side. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable. Uh, this The combine is a lot of fun for those reasons. Let's get into some of the actual measurements that are happening in Indianapolis, uh, particularly heights and weights for quarterbacks and wide receivers. And I think there might be some guys that lost some money, might be some guys who made some money. And uh, generally what happens is, a lot of players show, show up a lot shorter than their listed heights from the programs yeah. in college. So let's get into that stuff next. Still time to get those combine prop bets in this weekend. More and more draft props going up all the time at betonline.net. So much fun for the next couple of months as we lead up to the NFL draft. And you can bet on where these prospects will be drafted. You've got player props and odds for not only football, Super Bowl futures as well at Bet Online for a football betting pleasure, even though there is no season happening for a while in the NFL, but there is a season happening in pro and college hoops. The tournament is now upon us in the month of March for NCAA basketball. Always a lot of fun to bet on. Latest odds, totals, player performance as well for hockey, boxing. UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games at Bet Online, which remains the best spot for all your sports, scores, and even news this season. So head on over to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On Experts, covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts matt two names we talked about yesterday a listener asked us which names on thursday have the most to to gain or lose and both of us went to i think a couple of quarterbacks and had more to do with measurements than workouts and i think there are some wide receivers that could have made themselves some money and lost some money and uh, a lot smaller some of these guys are than expected but let's start with quarterbacks and what did you think of the hand size of eight and a half inches for Kenny Pickett. And a lot of focus was going to be on that measurement. He was 6'3 and a quarter, 217 pounds. But the eight and a half inches, no starting quarterback in the NFL last year, had hands that small. It worries the heck out of me, to be honest with you. I mean, trust me, there's no one in this draft I'm rooting for more than Kenny Pickett. He's a pit guy. Uh, he was a Heisman fit finalist. He helped my Panthers win the ACC. He had a tremendous season. Heck, there's a chance he's going to be a Steeler. Trust me, the city I'm from wants that to happen. I want him to be a supreme prospect. And, man, I think there's something to that. I mean, how many quarterbacks over the years do you see pump faking in the pocket or ball fakes or handling a wet ball or a frozen football? And I say this all the time. I mean, I didn't realize – truly realized until I was an employee of the Cleveland Browns, how big and heavy a fully blown up NFL football is. I mean, I used to walk out to practice in my khakis and my button up and Jeff Garcia, who was considered pretty much the weakest armed quarterback in the league at that time. And, you know, he'd, anyone he'd see, Hey, help, Hey, help me warm up. And he would throw the ball 25%, 50%. 
I thought he was going to knock me over and knock all the teeth out of my head, you know, and I'm not an athlete. I'm not comparing myself to those guys, but handling such a ball is a big deal. It's harder than the college level. And people will say, well, well, Williamson Pickett played at Pitt. He played in bad weather, played in some bad weather, but the college season's over way before things get really rough in Pittsburgh. You know, I mean, he played one game this year against North Carolina where the first half it was nice. The second half it was bad. The second half he was a far inferior player. The day at the Senior Bowl when it poured, he really struggled. Um, I think it's a big deal. I, I really do because this is an extreme. You know, Joe Burrow was a little over nine. Baker Mayfield, Tannehill, they were a little over nine. This is eight and a half. I mean, Michael Vick is the only one under nine inches that's really gone on to have a successful career. And I think those were bigger hands than eight and a half as well. That's one of the smallest numbers for a quarterback because usually you don't even get to the point where you're playing high-level college quarterback if your hands are that small. It's usually something that that hinders you before that. And, yes, he played at Pittsburgh, but even with an easier-to-handle college ball, he still had to wear a glove on his throwing hands. So uh, the obvious connection to me is, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves. Now we got Kenny Two Gloves. Um, I think Alex Smith, he reminds me a little bit of Alex Smith because that he was like right around nine inches, and that was the big thing with him. Back in the day, all his hands were too small, and he had some trouble earlier on in his NFL career, and he was about you know 6'3", skinny, 217, and uh, didn't really wow you in one area, but had a, some athleticism and had a pretty decent arm and could make some throws. And so I think those are some pretty good comparisons to Kenny Pickett as a prospect. And when you compare all those guys that you're talking about, um, it's hard to really pound the table for that prospect as a first-round guy because what do you really hang your hat on? But at the same time, Maybe that is the reason he's even available and falls to a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers at pick 20. Yeah, and I will say a lot of it depends what team you're scouting for. I would be way, way, way more comfortable with Pickett as a Saint than a Steeler. You know, for example, one of them picks 18, one of them picks 20. They both could be strongly considering him at that stage. If he's playing the Dome, and a lot of his away games are Atlanta and Tampa and Carolina and whatnot. That's a big deal. Um, and again, the last game of a college season, if it's at Heinz Field, the weather is drastically different than the AFC Championship at Heinz Field. The other quarterback that all eyes were on, I think, at the Combine, just because nobody knew exactly how big he was, and he looked small on film, and that is Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. And he showed up with, I think... He probably, I think, you know, a height and weight that he and his agents are probably happy with, even though it's still small, but he did pass a couple of thresholds. He came in at 6'1 and 5'8, 212 pounds. So he's taller than 6'1, and he is bigger than 210 pounds. Now, 6'1 and 5'8 and, and 212 is still very small, and it's not a first round body traditionally. What are your thoughts on the way in for Matt Corral? Was it about what you expected? Was it a little more than you expected? Did he make himself some money? Are you comfortable with that? sort of a a stature for a quarterback that you're going to spend a first-round draft pick on? Well, Pickett definitely lost based on the number produced for his hand. You know, he was a loser. If we're going to put guys in winners and loser categories, I think Corral was an absolute winner. I mean, I think I mentioned it on the podcast yesterday. I saw him in person when he was going back and forth to the podium and they walked right past us. And I thought, man, that does not look like an NFL quarterback. And watching him on tape and in his pads – he looks very thinly built to me. And I wonder, 
you know, he, he's had this knee. Has he just been doing a lot of upper body workout and adding some bulk to his frame, you know, above the waist? Maybe. Um, I think that number is a win for him. That being said, do I still think he has the body type to hold up particularly well? No. I mean, it still worries me. It worries me about Zach Wilson. It worries me about Kyler Murray. And I think it'll be pretty telling when Matt Corral, because he's not working out here at the Combine, he's dealing with that injury. When he does work out at his pro day, if he weighs in again and it's, you know, 209 pounds, 207 pounds or something like that because he's trying to be fast now and he's running a lot more and it'll be pretty telling where his actual playing weight is and and, and probably that he bulked up as much as he could to try to get to that 212 weight, which is still not big. Like, he's still very small, but he did hit a couple of thresholds, over 6'1", over 210, so probably a win for him. I don't know if it solidifies, you know, I I still think I'd be pretty worried about throwing down, uh, you know, fighting and scratching my way up in the first round to try to draft Matt Corral. And some people have him as QB1. Yeah, right, exactly. I think he's a polarizing guy. It's funny, like I said, I saw him in person, and, you know, he wasn't walking by in his underwear, but, I mean, I I looked at him and thought, that's a good-looking player if he's a kicker. You know I mean? He didn't, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, that's that's kind of the impression I got. Or if he was some dude you saw at the mall, like, ah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Pretty good build on that guy, but not NFL quarterback. Yeah. Kicker. Like Josh Allen. A couple other notes. We already knew how big some of these guys were because of their weigh-ins at the senior bowl. Malik Willis, a little over six feet, 219 pounds, a pretty well-built guy. Sam Howell is pretty stubby under six, one, uh, 218. And he's kind of has a short neck. Something about him always looked very weird to me. Like he's, he's just got that stubby stocky sort of a build. Uh, What are your thoughts on Sam Howell? And he's got a good arm. I, I, I don't know where to put any of these guys. I kind of, I kind of don't like any of them in the first round. To be honest with you, like this is not a good class of quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I'm still enamored with Willis because I do think he can become something special. I don't know that any of the other ones can become something special. Um, you know, Pickett, for example. Let's you know toss the hand size conversation aside. But let's say he comes in. He's generally regarded as the most pro ready. Well, we had Tony Grossi on as a reporter from Cleveland, and yesterday we were chatting with him, and I'm sitting there thinking, because we are talking about Mayfield, who also has small hands and happens to fumble a lot, by the way, in Cleveland. I mean, I don't think that's an accident. And I'm sitting there thinking about Pickett, and we were talking about Mayfield under the light of, well, he's been okay. He was injured a lot last year, really bad year, but now you're at this dilemma am I going to give this guy a fifth-year option? Or more importantly, am I going to give him a big-time $30-plus-million-dollar contract? And that's kind of where I'm thinking with Pickett. Like, okay, he may come in and have the best rookie year of anybody in this class, and he might be the only day-one starter. And, frankly, Mac Jones might even be in this conversation, too. But in three, four years, am I going to look at him and say, he's Kirk Cousins, you know, he's okay, do I want to give him $35 million? You know, I can see Willis in five years saying, take $35 million. Or, boom, you're terrible. I've already replaced you. I mean, I, when I'm drafting guys with that, you know, line of thinking in mind, I'm swinging for the fences. And if I miss, I'm just going to move on from them. I, I don't want to get stuck in purgatory like we talked yes. about a lot and yeah. pay that $35 million to an average guy. You don't want to be fighting for the middle. 
And, right, uh, right. I feel like that's what some teams and some GMs are going to be trying to do in this offseason because it might be the only option they really have. Let's move on to wide receivers. Who's making money so far? Uh, day one of field workouts and measurements at the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine. We have some 40 times for tight ends. We don't have the 40 times for the wide receivers yet. They are currently doing some verts and it's a little low on the vert for one prospect in particular, but height and weights and anything standing out to you so far early for these measurements and workouts for tight ends and wide receivers, Matt? Again, I mean, subject to change because I think a lot of these guys have only done one run, one jump, you know, so these numbers could change. Um, one that stands out to me a little is a guy I think we talked about is Greg Dolchich, the, the tight end out of UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, he ran a 4-7 flat. That's one of the top five times or so for tight ends. I, I think his I always hate to say stock is improving or rising, but I, I think he's showing up more and more as a third round type guy, possibly, you know, someone that should help a team. Uh, to me, that was something to, to look at. Yeah. I think um, you had him around five or six on your list of, of tight ends, yeah. either right at the, at the end of your top five or just missed. Daniel Jeremiah has him number one. It's the first place I've seen That's him true. as the number one tight end. Most people like Trey McBride as the number one tight end in this class. But, you know, 6'4, 243, 33 and 3 eighths inch arms and, and a 4'7. So it's a nice, you know, that. Look, these aren't four first round tight ends. It's not the most amazing tight end class, right, but there's right. some value, I think, on, on day two or day three. And, um, you know, you could see a guy who runs 4 7 flat, who's 6'4, 243, and long arms being someone who uh, becomes a starting tight end in the league. Yeah, yeah. And I think that whole tight end class is similar that there may be six or seven starters out of the group when it's all said and done, but not a lot of Pro Bowls. Yeah, well said. Trey McBride is a similar size, almost exactly, actually, to uh, to Dolchich, and that was 6'4", 246, with 32.5-inch arms for Trey McBride, and I don't believe we have a 40 time yet for him. No, I don't think so. And one thing I did note, because they do the bench very close to where we're at. You hear all this yelling and screaming in the background while we're doing uh, on the air, and that'll be fun tomorrow, especially with O-Lyman and then D-Lyman tomorrow. Um, but very few of the tight ends actually did the bench, and I'm not sure why. I mean, then it makes a little sense to me. But only three or four of them benched today. Um, one thing I did note, just you know, buzzing through these results as they're coming in, the vertical numbers aren't tremendous. But Calvin Austin from Memphis is a 39-inch vertical. No one's hit 40 yet. Really explosive, small player, slot type guy, deep threat. Small, but, I mean, explosive as could be. Calvin Austin from Memphis is really appealing to me. Really explosive player. Uh, Really explosive. He's not very big at all. Only 170 pounds is what he weighed in at. So 5'8", 170. He's a good return guy, and he can definitely play special teams at that size. But when you start getting into that 170 range, um, we did see some really small players get drafted earlier than I expected last year. So maybe that's the new trend and, and teams don't care how big you are anymore. A wide receiver, as long as you can run and he can definitely make some plays, but uh, he might be someone who could sneak into a, a value range just because of that size. And he did make plays as a wide receiver. He's not just a special teams return type of guy. I do like Calvin Austin a lot and, and he showed up looking fast at the senior bowl too. Yeah. Yeah. And one other similar, but better and more of an all around guy is Jahan Dotson. We mentioned my top five list. He came in sixth on my list. He did not get written up. And I regret that now, to be very honest with you. I think I would have Dotson ahead of Alave. Um, I think he's an extremely sharp route runner. 
decent vertical here, a 36-inch vertical. His height and weight, you knew he wasn't going to be huge, but it wasn't terrible. I was a little afraid he may be 170-ish, and he's heavier than that. But he also has really long arms, and Dotson might have the best hands in this entire class and a massive catching radius. You don't see that much from these smaller type guys, and I don't think he's just a slot or just a gimmick. I think he can do the whole route tree and might be a higher pick than some might guess. I actually was disappointed when I saw Jahan Dotson's size because, yeah, I saw him go up and, and pluck balls out of the air at Penn State, so I thought he was going to yeah. be bigger. Yeah, he's only 5'11", 178. That is pretty darn small there. And, and, I actually thought he was a little heavier than that. And, so and these, man, weights you know. are, these weights are on the low side for a lot of these wide receivers. Mechie, John Mechie, he's a speed guy out of Alabama, 5'11", 187. Um, Olave, six feet, just a hair over six feet, 187. Um, Garrett Wilson was six feet, just a hair under six feet, 183 pounds. These guys are all really hmm. small for what They're you usually small, look yeah. at as a as a as a first round wide receiver. You're expecting, you know, uh, six three, 220 pounds, and someone that can fly. These guys are fast, but they're not very big. I would say the big winner weigh in wise is probably. Uh, Traylon Burks, who yeah, showed yeah. up out of Arkansas, six two flat, two hundred and twenty five pounds. But then looking at the verts, he only jumped thirty three inches, one of the lower numbers, and uh, for an explosive player, thirty three inches for the vert, which is usually a really good indication of how explosive a player you are. It's on the lower side too, so you know even that maybe isn't the best day for Traylon Burks. I don't know if anybody made a ton of money at wide receiver today. No, not yeah. so far. It sounds like again we are recording this as things are happening. I would have guessed Burks. I mean, he's heavy. It's harder to get off the ground as a big, heavy guy. Mm -hmm. But I would have thought his explosion numbers, his verticals would have been better because he plays very explosive on tape. Um, London's the other big receiver in this class, but by no means is he Mike Evans' size. You know, I've heard a lot of Mike Evans' comparison. Evans has 20 pounds on him. You know, I mean, there aren't many big, you know, physical receivers in this class. Which, in today's NFL, you can get away with to some degree. It's a little bit more of a space game. But in the end, you got to break tackles, and these corners are going to bully you around, and you're going to get hit by linebackers. Yeah, some of these weights are a little concerning. He did come in heavier than I expected. Let me, I can't, uh, I lost it here. Where are we at? With, uh, Drake London, 6'4", 219. So that's not a bad weight for him because he's pretty thin. Basketball build, you know, long arms, 33-inch mm -hmm. arms. 219 is a pretty good weight for him. If he can run in the four fives, maybe he would be the big winner of all this. But that's the, that's the big maybe. question with Drake London uh, is that speed. Just for comparison's sake, because I know a lot of Debo Samuel comparisons are getting thrown around, and Traylon Burks is one of those. And, you know, he's bigger than Debo, 6'2", 225, but, you know, just a taller version of a similar build. Debo Samuel had a 39-inch vertical coming out, 4'4", 840 at the Combine. Um, he wasn't as heavy. He was only, you know, 5'11 sure. and a half or something like that, 215 pounds. I think he plays more like 220 right now. But... Uh, Pretty darn explosive, too. So um, don't forget that part of Debo. He's not just thick. He's an explosive player as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And, but Debo's lower, better leverage player, uh, harder to knock off his pins, would be a much better between-the-tackles runner than Burks. And I'm really impressed with Burks. He may be my wide receiver one when it's all said and done. But, you know, he, he, everyone wants to define his next Debo, and I don't know that any of these yeah. guys are. 
Actually, uh, Mike McDaniel, new head coach of the Miami Dolphins, had a good quote on that asking about Debo. And he says, yeah, you don't look for the next Debo. Debo just happened because you found out more and more every year that he could do more and more. It, it, that's just not something he's a unique player. It's not something you look for. And I totally agree with him on that, even though a lot of people are going to call everybody the next Debo. George Pickens, 6'3", 195 pounds, pretty slim. Small hands, too, 8 and 7 eighths. Usually these wide receivers, Ooh. you want them to have big old 10-inch mitts, if, if, if you know, or at least 9.5-inch hands that are handing them the ball. All the guys that handle the ball, you want big hands. Um, but yeah. A lot of these receivers have smaller hands, too. Man. I mean, there's some thinly built guys with kind of dainty. Very skinny. This is crazy. Uh, Jameson Williams, another wide receiver that might be wide receiver one if he didn't have that torn ACL. Only 6'1", 179 pounds. 6'1 and a half, 179 pounds. That is slim. Under I 180. I mean, that's, that's lean, This man. is the For most. This guy is six foot plus. This has got to be the most wide receivers I've ever seen under 180 pounds. Let's, let's count them up. We've got... Um, Dude, that concerns me. The more I think about this, again, I'm really acting, you know, I'm really reacting to this as it's happening. I've been on the radio all day, so I haven't studied these numbers. But man, everyone we talk about is 180. I mean, it's not 195. It's 180. It's not 200. I mean, there's only five wide receivers in the whole group that are over 200 pounds. Wow. This is crazy. I, I, crazy, I knew there were right. some low numbers, in, in especially the weight category, but this is the smallest wide receiver class I've ever seen. This is nuts. That is nuts. I mean, they're just lean and you know, not a lot of muscle on their body. Even somebody like Justin Ross, who's 6'4 out of Clemson, is only 205 pounds. I thought he's going to be 210, 215, something like that. that. Yeah. Uh, One note on that, and it's only a couple pounds, but they, the, these guys could be doing the old get super lean to run a great 40 trick and then put 10 pounds on your pro day and don't run a 40. Exactly. I I would be not surprised at all to see that from a lot of these dudes. Oldest trick in the book. Yep. All right. Good stuff. We'll find out exactly what those 40 times are for all these wide receivers. It's usually prime time viewing to see these guys fly down the track at Indianapolis. Matt and I will have it all covered for you tomorrow. Offensive linemen getting weighed up and measured and working out tomorrow as well as running backs in Indianapolis then the defensive players through the weekend which we'll have covered for you Monday but uh, thanks everybody for making us your first listen more of our takeaways from the NFL scouting combine on tomorrow's episode your second listen check out the locked on NFL draft podcast hosted by Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy and of course all these podcasts are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms Matt and I back tomorrow right here Peacock and Williamson